You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 89, Realigning the Body, Mind, and Spirit, an interview with Chewit Taylor, part two, with both your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, my fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. If you have not listened to last week's episodes, I do enjoy encourage you to go and listen to it because this is part two of an episode with our good friend Truett Taylor and I won't tell you anymore we'll just continue on and I hope you enjoy this part as much as you did the first. Now you mentioned how the spiritual aspect of the three is probably the most important if not to everyone to you specifically now throughout your cancer journey was that the hardest one to realign with the others? Or was there one specifically that was sort of the hardest to realign when you're going through your cancer experience? I think when you get cancer, everyone has that moment where you're, especially when you're younger, when you're like, why me? Why, why was it me? Why did I get cancer? And what does this all mean? Am I going to die? All those questions that you ask yourself. And for me, like I already always had like a, again, like a positive spiritual background, but for me, like a deeper relationship, a deeper knowledge. When you start, because it's, again, like in any relationship, you get mad, like you get mad at God and say, hey, what's the deal? Why, why me? You know, everything was going great in my life. Why, you know, you have those moments where you're, you're arguing and it's, and again, some people will kind of question that a little bit, but that's okay to, to have that. That's part of a normal relationship is to be angry, to be upset yeah. and, and question why and question, you know, what's the purpose of all this? And, you know, you know, you've already, I've already taken my brother. Like, are you going to try to take me too? like, that's, those are real thoughts and real things to say out loud. And, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that because, you know, almighty God, how we question him, like like some big person, but it's not, it's, it's really not like, it's, you know, again, I know everybody has their own different beliefs and stuff, but for me, like, you know, from a, a Christian background, like it's, it's, it's not about, some big scary person like judging you and telling you what to do and telling you you're wrong. It's more about like walking every day with the right person, you know, with, with, with God and with, you know, all the circumstances that we have and really, you know, following and seeing like the grace and the mercy that's in everything. And mm-hmm. when you're going through a tough time like cancer, it's really hard to think about other people sometimes um, you're, you're only focused on yourself because you want to get better because you want to have your life completely different. But when you stop and think of like, you're a, you're one person in, in billions of people that have been alive and, and you know, all the people that are on earth right now, but you're so significant. You're so, you're just as important as everyone else. And, and God loves you and cares about you just as much as every other person. So, you know, he's not going to let you struggle by yourself and on your own and, and everything. And, Again, we don't, I tell everybody it's, it's a lot easier to stay ready than it is to get ready. So whenever your you know, cancer hits you, you're never ready for that. You're never ready to hear those words, you have cancer. But you know, if we stay ready now, so people who are listening that don't have cancer or, or don't have anything kind of crazy going on in their life, you know, if you can get ready now, and I think that's something that I didn't do. So I had to hurry up and get ready as I was going through everything. And again, I had a good foundation, but you know, really working all the things that I need to work out. I had to do that. And I think for me, once again, once you start looking for the right things, whatever you look for, you're going to find if you, if you live every day and you look for, 
negativity. Like I had someone, uh, I parked this weekend and I, I may have had tire over into the other lane a little bit and someone left me like a nasty note on my car. And I, I thought it was kind of funny, you know, like what kind of person has to be having a bad day to leave a note on someone's car, <laughs> you know, like, Absolutely. yeah, you know, like just little things like that. And so for me, whatever you look for, you're going to find. And once I started looking for my why and like, I really found out why everything was going on. And one question I ask a lot of people when I interview them on the podcast that I have is, you know, what's the best thing cancer has done for you, which is a crazy question. And, and when you first get cancer, you're like, uh, this is horrible. The whole thing's terrible. Nothing's going to be good about this. But once you finish, yeah, once you finish, you're like, you know what? I look through life in a complete, through a completely different lens. Mm-hmm. And I have, a tremendous amount of gratitude for what I've gone through because it's opened up, you know, everything from, you know, different aspects of, you know, like the suicide thing or the, um, the cancer thing or other things that I went through. Like there's a whole group of people that I have an immediate connection to now. So I would have chosen personally a different path, but I'm, but I'm thankful for everything that's happened to me because it's way bigger than just one person getting cancer. You know, the thousands of people that I've been able to, you know, connected with and stuff is not because of me, just because I'm like a, a vessel who has all the things happen, but you know, because of the things that have happened to me, I've been able to, you know, impact other people. So was it worth it? Absolutely. Would I want to do it again? Not at all. But you know, if that's the case, then if I had to, I would go back and and definitely, you know, choose this path because of everything that's happened on the back end for sure. If you had someone newly diagnosed or going through a harder time with their cancer, what would you tell them? I would tell them that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt really alone at first because again, you know, when you're, especially, you know, you you were young as well too, right? You're, you're 19, right? I think when you were diagnosed. Well, we were both very young. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're, when you're young, you don't expect, you, you don't get ready for cancer when you're young. And then all of a sudden, you have it and you try to figure out what's next and, and what are you going to do? And it's, I didn't have a lot of people to turn to because none of my friends had cancer. Like they're all healthy, you know, it's, why would they? Mm-hmm. But for me, like the, the first thing I tell somebody is you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there who are experiencing what you have and you really have to find a community because you can't do this by yourself. That was the hardest thing for me. Again, personality wise, like I'm a, fighter, right? I want to go and fight this thing and, and get it done and get it knocked out. But I, I couldn't do it by myself. And so you're not alone for one. And then, and then the second thing is, is you're loved so much, like your life is so valuable and your life is worth living. And you have so much to look forward to. And even if the cancer doesn't get healed, even if, if, if you have to live with cancer until until you pass away, like there's so much more to, to life. I used to want to live a long life. Like I want to, to be a hundred, you know, I think that was like an accomplishment for me, but instead of living a long life, like I w- now I want to live like a deeper and wider life every day. And no matter what age I get to what day, you know, it's my time, you know, and I tell that to people who maybe are fighting, you know, a, a terminal cancer diagnosis that, you know, just because you have a terminal diagnosis doesn't mean you can't live every day, you know, as, as deep and as loving and as gracious as, as anyone else. And so, you know, depending on what stage you're at through the process, you know, number one, you're not alone. Number two, that 
your life is definitely worth living. You're worthy. And that's, a, that's something that people struggle with a lot, a lot as well, too, is feeling is knowing their self-worth. And then, um, like I said, like, you know, just have gratitude on every, on every day, like live a, live every day with whatever you have, whatever circumstances you have, look for the, look for grace, look for gratitude. There's a thousand things to be thankful for every day. If you're breathing, you have something to be thankful for and really, you know, look at those three areas and, and incorporate that into your life every day. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Now you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. We'll dive into that. Now you speak a lot about your experience with cancer quite a bit as the host of your podcast. Uh, so the 1% podcast. So we want to dive in, obviously being co-hosts of podcasts ourselves. We love to know how others do it and just tell us a little bit more about what that work means to you. Yeah. So uh, as an entrepreneur, I've been, I was listening to an entrepreneur podcast a year before I decided to, to quit my job and take the leap. And so I had a, a corporate job for 10 years and I was, I knew I was getting towards the end of that. And so I started listening to content that was going to prepare me in the future. So there's a guy, his name is John Lee Dumas. He has a podcast called entrepreneurs on fire. I highly recommend it to anybody who is thinking about taking the leap and, and going into entrepreneurship. Um, so when I decided to take the leap, um, it's a crazy wild journey at first. It still is sometimes, but it really opened up more freedom for me to do the things that I wanted to do. And I always felt like that I wanted to communicate and share my story and share other people's stories. I just have a real passion about storytelling and connecting people and creating a community. And so I was listening to his podcast. thought it was great. I happened to meet him um, at an event one time and we talked and um, ended up learning how to podcast through him and his program that he has. And um, once I started, it was, it was a, just a phenomenal blueprint for me um, as far as setting everything up and anyone who has a podcast or has done a podcast, it's, it sounds like you just go hit record and, and you start talking and it's all over with, but on the back end, there's so much that goes into it. But anyways, um, yeah. So the podcast to me was just a communication tool and you know, just from a overall like branding standpoint, you know, there's, there's not a tremendous amount of communication and um, outlets for a younger adult to have cancer. There's only, I only knew of two other podcasts at the time. So I wanted to really provide an opportunity for people to tell their stories and really connect with other people because there's so many different types of cancer and people have, you know, so many different treatment methods they go through. And um, I wanted to give an authentic, raw, non-judgmental um, view of what it's like to go through cancer, like the past, the present, and the future, whether you know, you're a, a patient, whether you're a provider, whether you're a caregiver, um, whether you're a survivor as well too. Like I, I know this survivorship side pretty well now, but you know, when you're going through cancer, sometimes it's hard to think about what your life's like without it. And then once you've had it, you know, there's no blueprint for survivorship. Once you finish up with all your treatments and all the doctor visits stop until like once or twice a year, you're like, okay, no, well now what do I do? I had people around me all the time and telling me what to do and what to take and how to live and everything. And then all of a sudden you have to do it on your own. So, you know, I really wanted to help people and give them a resource, I would think as well. So in September of 2018, I started the 1% podcast. And the reason I call it the 1% podcast is because something I mentioned earlier, when I was on my like final 1% of who I was in my life, again, I felt like God brought someone or something into my life to help boost me up 
you know, a few percentage points to get me enough momentum so I could keep going and keep moving. And so I feel like the, each episode of the podcast could be that, you know, that boost of energy for someone who may be on their final percentage of, of mentally or spiritually, emotionally, whatever they have going on and hearing a story from someone else could, could really help them relate. And one of the best things you can do for someone with cancer is really get down in the trenches with them. And I feel like the podcast, you know, there's so many different episodes now, like you can find one that really speaks to where you're at in your journey. And it's like someone getting down with you and going through it at the same time. And there's such a positive effects that happen from that. If you feel better, you can, it gives you more of a reason to fight. And so you know, it's a sacrifice to do a couple podcast episodes every week and stuff. But for me, I'm doing it to help all these people and the, the types of emails and calls and texts and social media posts that you get from it. You know, it, it really only takes one person to change your life. And if that's me um, providing something for someone that, you know, that I don't get paid for and everything else and it's time for me, like it's totally worth it. So the, like I said, the 1% podcast came out in September of 2018 and I had no idea how fast it was going to like take off. And, you know, the people that I've talked to all around the world, like from a small town in Georgia, we don't talk to people from England and Australia and everywhere else. It's just not, you know, for me, I've been able to connect with so many people all over from every, you know, background, race, religion, all those things, and really hear their side of the story. And it's funny, I've, I've done over 50 episodes now and I've, just collected so much data and it really helps you know what patient cancer patients need, cancer survivors need, even what caregivers need and want um, as well too. So the, all the information I'm collecting from that has been really powerful. And you know, once you have that wisdom, you can really help a ton of people. So I'm excited about it, man. It's, um, it's it, you can catch all the episodes on their own iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, 1percentpodcast.com, all those things. There's a lot of outlets. You can check it out. Um, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. And is that the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? Yeah. So if you go to the website, 1percentpodcast.com, um, there's a button you can click to email me. I love getting emails from people, whether they want to share their story on Instagram as well, too. Um, it's easier to just shoot a DM over. And I like to really get a snapshot of people's story and, and, and figure out why they want to tell it. I think that's, that's just as important as their story is. Why do you want to tell your story? And the people can connect with me at um, the email is info at 1percentpodcast.com or they can just go to 1percentpodcast.com or they can find me on Facebook or Instagram either way and uh, shoot me over a message and whatever works. It, it doesn't matter to me, but um, those are probably the, the most popular outlets people choose. And we'll link all of those, those in the show notes. Do you find it publicly difficult, I guess, to, to publicly share your story um, in person so, so often on the podcast? Or is that something you've gotten accustomed to? So it's easier for me. There's certain things that are harder for me to talk about. But I think this all goes back to, um, so I'm 38 right now. And I, I grew up in a very like you're going to be tough. Don't cry. If you fall down kind of thing, rub some dirt on it. That's what we always did. Like, you know, it's like, don't be, don't be weak. You know, all those things as like, as a man. Right. So I feel like as a man, we, we can, we can wear like a mask of masculinity and think it's a certain way to, to not talk about certain things. And, you know, I don't care who you are. Like 
most men don't like talking about emotions and feelings and how they felt when this happened and everything. But for me, that vulnerability is a very masculine thing. So that's something that I had to, I would say, learn myself as well too, is how to be, you know, vulnerable with people because the more vulnerable you are, the more connection you're going to have with people. Mm -hmm. So sharing my story, I had to, again, I'm naturally probably an introvert, I would say, but I don't mind talking when I have the platform to do it. It isn't like I don't get super nervous or anything like that, but I'm not an extroverted person by nature. But, you know, when I talk, I don't, we get nervous because we think about ourselves and, you know, how people are going to think about us and, and all these things or how we're going to say this. But when you take your mind off yourself and you focus on all the people that you're going to help by having the courage to speak up and talk about things that other people aren't talking about, then I think it really gives you a, a driving force um, that's a lot stronger than yourself. That's one of the characteristics I tell people that makes you successful is you have to have a reason other than yourself why you're doing something. And for me, the reason I have is to really impact other people and really motivate other people to, to encourage them that they're not alone, that they're, again, they're worth, they're worth the fight that it's going to take to get through this. And honestly, when I first started, I wanted to speak to a lot of men because, you know, again, it, it, I don't know if it's hormones or whatever that we have going that, that makes us different, but, um, you know, it's okay to talk about, you know, if you, if cancer causes you to lose your job and if you can't afford to you know, pay for your family and you have a, a wife and a child that's looking at you or, you know, that's, 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 that's a situation a lot of people have. They're in their thirties and they get cancer and they have to quit their job and they have all these medical bills and you have a brand new baby and a brand new house and you just moved and all those things, you know, as a man, sometimes we take on all that responsibility to be able to, to take care of things like that. No one, and most men aren't going to come and talk to you about, Hey, you know what? I'm feeling kind of sad today because I can't afford to pay these certain bills or, you know, my wife wants this from me. And, or even like, what if I die and my child grows up without a father? Like those mm -hmm. aren't really things that a lot of men like to talk about, but I really try to encourage those conversations because, you know, whether we admit it or not, like those are things that we think about. We think about, you know, being able to provide and protect and, and all those things. So, I try to encourage those conversations with other men as well too. And for me, like if you have a, as, as a, as a grown man, if you, if you can break down and have those conversations, I think it does you a lot of good because it could be years and years of like pent up, you know, questions and insecurities or whatever it is. And um, it, it, you're, if, if you're a guy, it's okay to be insecure. It's okay to have feelings and talk about all these things. You're not a, you know, whatever, like I thought when I was growing up and stuff. But yeah, I try to encourage that, especially with men. Um, and even with women too, I think lots of times, you know, they, they have a, they have a tough time talking about certain things as well too, because, you know, if you're a mother and you have several children or, you know, if you're a daughter or, or whatever else, you feel a responsibility to help, like sometimes take care of all those people and stuff. And you can't go and be sick and, and all those things. If you have a couple of children at home to take care of, or, you know, a parent to take care of or a brother, sister, whatever else, or even like in your life, like if you, all your plans get disrupted, you know, it's okay to stop and say, wait a minute, like I'm feeling all these ways and really kind of dive, dive into that and, and just be okay with being vulnerable. So back answer back your question, I would say for sure, like the more you do it, like the, the more opportunities you have to get comfortable with that. And, and the more it becomes not about you, it comes about everyone else. And then I think you have all the strength in the world to do it.
I'm wondering what's next for the 1% podcast and for you, what are, what are your big plans coming up in, in the future? Yeah. So, so when I left the corporate world, I started my own um, furniture and design business. So mm-hmm. that is just crazy busy and exciting and fun and everything right now. And um, I love it. I love all the opportunities that that's provided for me. I, honestly, I, I really love meeting brand new people and going to their homes and just making their homes beautiful with, you know, high-level craftsman type pieces and built-ins and renovations and remodels and all the other stuff that we go to. I'm going to plug that real quick. It's tailoredesignshop.com. If you guys need some hot new furniture up there, um, we'll ship it to Canada. It's all good. For me, I would say um, speaking is the next thing. That's kind of the things that I'm getting into now. Um, I've got a couple of things, books coming up um, for larger crowds with where I actually go into, um, I have a, a big suicide prevention conference that I'm going to I think in September, I think is what it is and speaking to a large crowd about that. And honestly, that's the hardest thing for me to talk about because it's, it's so like, it's a raw emotional thing, but um, you know, cancer conferences, all those things. Like I really, the next step for me is to, um, you know, to have more speaking opportunities and, and keynote starting events and really, you know, not just bring awareness to cancer because there's a lot of people that do that. And it's really important. Again, I think it's more of like helping people understand who they are when they have, you know, traumatic events going on. That to me is, you know, again, the inventory of who you are and what you need to add to yourself. And so that's the kind of value that I want to be able to provide to a lot of people. So um, speaking is definitely on my agenda the rest of this year. I've been doing a lot of training with different programs and stuff recently, and I absolutely love it. It terrifies you at first, but um, I've been through some pretty tough training recently. I absolutely dramatically changed my life and how I speak and all those things. So uh, I'm excited about those opportunities in the future to, to reach as many people as I can and just to, just to help so many people through all the things that have happened to me in my life. I think just one final question on my end. One thing that intrigued me, I know when you were speaking a little earlier about going through your treatment was you stared in the mirror and you thought, who am I physically, mentally, emotionally? Do you think you know who you are now? And are you happy with the person that you are? I do. I think I know myself way better. And as we get older, as circumstances, we learn more about ourselves. And I think I'm 100% comfortable with who I am. And again, I love, I love who I am and who I was made to be. And one, one challenge I do have is, is patience. So I'm always in the rush to like get better and do more and all those things. So I have to really back that down a little bit sometimes, but I do, I'm very grateful for who I am. I would say more than anything else. I'm grateful for the opportunities I have for my home, my wife, my family, like all those things, the the situations that I have, the tough times. Um, I'm so grateful for all the people that I get to talk to as well. Like I love, I love being a great friend. Like that's something that I'm really passionate about is being really friendly and open to people um, with no agenda. I don't want anything back. Again, I think that comes from me being comfortable with who I am, knowing what I'm worth as well too. Um, if you're worth, if you're worth a lot, you don't tend to get yourself in situations that you shouldn't be involved in because you know, you're worth more than wasting your time on someone else. Time is the most valuable thing that we have anyway. It's not money. And so if people, if you're allowing people to steal your time, your, your worth is probably isn't where it should be. So for me, like I know what I'm worth. I know what I'm called to do, but every detail is what I'm always working on every single day. So um, I'm humbled every day with all the opportunities that I have with the people that I talk to. 
um, very gracious for all the things that I have. But I do, I, I love my life. I, I think about it sometimes. Um, when you leave a, a great paying job to go start on your own and you're freaking out when you're staring at the ceiling at night thinking, I didn't make any money this week when I first started. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think, how am I going to pay for this house and everything else? Um, on the back end of that, like, again, it's part of like having faith. If you were called to do something, all the heaven and earth is behind you to make it happen. And whether it's happening right in front of you or it's going to happen in the future, you know, again, having that peace, knowing that you're living the life you're supposed to live and you're doing what you're called to do, no matter what your bank account says or what relationship you're in or anything along those lines, if you're doing that, life is, is, is going to be perfect, no matter how crazy things might, might seem at the time. So um, very peaceful, very, you know, obviously I have my moments like everybody else, but I know where I'm going. I know who's going to get me there. And um, I'm just fine with that. That's great to hear. Well, thank you for being on the show. It was great talking to you and you have so much knowledge and wisdom and, and you're so humble and, and sharing your story. It was great being able to hear how you went through everything that you've been through and how you're thriving in this life that you've built for yourself. So thank you. Thank you. I enjoy I appreciate you guys having me on your show. I listen to several episodes of you guys show and I love what you're doing. I love the um, passion behind you, know, you guys talking to people and, and discussing certain topics that people need to know about. So um, you guys are starting at it a lot younger than I did and a lot sooner than I did. So I'm excited to see where you guys are going to go. Um, people will follow your podcast because they follow you guys. So continue to be great people. And um, you guys will impact a lot of people with your show. Thank That's you. awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the support and, and love having you on, Sure, Thank you. Thank you. In today's and next week's episode, we have a two-part interview with Truett Taylor, a cancer thriver from all the way down in Atlanta, Georgia. He tells us a little bit about his cancer experience, and we had a chance to talk with him about some of the struggles that he's had to overcome pre-cancer diagnosis and how that has benefited him and the sense that it has gotten him through some of the grief that he's had to deal with through his own cancer diagnosis. We deal with some of the huge moments that he's dealt with pre-cancer diagnosis that has helped him, and we discuss his main theory that he focuses on in his day-to-day, which is realigning the mind, body, and spirit connection. We ask him how he dealt with that prior to his cancer diagnosis, throughout cancer treatment, and now his life after cancer. We ask him which of the three is the most important to him and why, and we get a good sense of a new theory and strategy to use in our daily lives. Then we like to focus on his 1% podcast and what that means to him. 1% podcast is very similar to Soar Above in the sense that it interviews many cancer thrivers from around the world and discusses their experiences with them and how they have a certain niche or certain technique that they deal with when they're going through their cancer treatment. We discuss how it can be difficult to publicly discuss your cancer treatments with others and the experience overall and how true it overcomes itself as a man. Finally, we give him a contact to get in touch with our listeners. This ends episode 89, Realigning the Body, Mind and Spirit, an interview with Truett Taylor part two. I would like to thank Truett again for being on the show. I also did include his information in the show notes if you want to get in touch with him. And a big thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Before you go, just a quick reminder, if you have any questions or comments, 
or really if you just want to chat with us, do reach out through the Zora Above Cancer blog as well as our social media platforms all linked in the show notes. Many smiles to you and see you next week.